As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome, everybody, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. As you might have noticed, I am not Michael Beller. Uh, prayers up and thoughts and good wishes as Mike is sick uh, and the health and safety protocols as he texted Brandon and myself as he's uh, getting through. Hopefully, he's ready for Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. Get that out of the way. Brandon, you, is your all holiday shopping done? Are you ready to set and everything? I think so. I, I could, uh, you know, I have like this tug saying you should go out and get a couple more things, but I think it's, I think I'm all said and done at this point. I'm just ready I saw to the shut- best thing yesterday. I, whoever came up with it was terrific. It said, please be nice to the, you know, the people at the stores or whatever the f- first part was like, please be nice to everybody. It's not their fault. You waited till Mary's water broke to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. That was everybody yesterday. I don't know. Did you go out yesterday at all? No. I oh, got, my God. It was Everybody mayhem. always asked me. Horrible. I'm like, my, my holiday shopping is done by like Cyber Monday, Tuesday, because I do it all online. I do the Black Fridays, the Cyber Monday. Like, by that week, I'm done, and it's all online. So oh, I don't have to deal smart. with all that. It's smart. I've heard about people like you. Never actually. I know. Yeah, never actually really. I'm happy. One, but the- you can see. I don't have to deal with people. <laughs> Just nothing. I go out to get some food. Uh, we're going to do the Thursday Night Football show at the end. Uh, so that's way if you're listening to this after Thursday Night Football, you don't have to sift through it at the beginning and try to guess, skip ahead or whatever. So we're going to jump into Saturday. As of right now, Brandon, yeah. we do have two let's Saturday just, games. Let's put air quotes around everything. <laughs> air quotes for Saturday. <laughs> Cleveland at Green Bay. The biggest question, I think, from the Cleveland side, I want to ask you, Brandon, and I talked about this on my podcast with Jeff, and I talked about it, Pat, and we talked about it on his podcast. This is the big question is, after what we just learned from week 15, and I say that in quotes as well, we kind of learned, a lot of the people who had symptoms seem to not come back 100%. Like those, like the Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, we can go down the list. It's been, there's a few guys who have come back and been fine, but for the majority you could say overarching, you know, symptoms, not the best game, their first game back. Does that concern you for Jarvis Landry against Green Bay, where he should be normally in the wide receiver three conversation, but maybe you think about benching him because he is coming off the symptom COVID side of things? Yeah, I mean, everything about Cleveland concerns me, the health, <laughs> of, of but, but because they've been so largely inconsistent and even 
Nick Chubb has had games where he just hasn't delivered when there was nothing else wrong other than just, you know, going in. So, like, I just don't know where you hang your hat with anybody in Cleveland. It's a horrible matchup on the road in Green Bay. Um, yeah, I don't know what the spread is. I haven't looked, uh, but gosh. That's Beller's like, job. We're not doing that today. I know. Beller would have it. <laughs> Beller would have it at the ready. Um, oh, he'd know it off the top of his head. I, I feel like it's got to be around a touchdown. I mean, that's if I'm just guessing. And you would think that the you know the game script could favor Jarvis Landry, but you're right. Like I'm, he's to me, if you know, I have final. Four. Yeah, I was just going to say that he was probably in the back end of my top forty, which would put him as kind of an upside wide receiver four. Okay. Yeah, I was also I was pulling up the weather too, just to check because we are in weather time of year. It's right. going to be in the 30s, but clear. We'll talk about a game that I just pulled up that does have a legitimate possible concern, but not Green Bay side of it. The only question I have for you on this one, and I agree with you about, about Landry. He's got more risk. Normally, he's the floor guy, but this yeah. is definitely a more risk situation. On the Green Bay side of it, you you edit my waiver column, so you know for weeks on end, I've been saying, don't go chasing Valdez Scantling, don't go chasing Alan Lazard, because every other week it's the other guy, and then sometimes it's neither of them. But Valdez Scantling, as of right now, he did get put on the COVID list. With the new rules, he could return. But assuming Valdez Scantling now, does that make you feel like, all right, I'm starting Lazard, because now it's just down to one? Or here's the question, Fustin. Could it just be Equinemius St. Brown or somebody else or Joseph Descure, his last name? <laughs> Descure, yeah, the tight end. Um, yeah, it could be, but I, I'll tell you what. I, you brought up Jarvis Landry. I think a good way to look at Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I say, you know, Landry, if you're if you're sitting there and you're deciding between Landry and Marquez Valdez-Scanling, this is where I look at the projections of my matchup, and if – you know, if even though Jarvis Landry and Marquez Valdez Scantling might have the same projections, oh, you mean Lazard? Because Valdez Scantling might be out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Valdez Scantling has more upside than 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 uh, obviously Lazard, but Lazard with yeah, no please. Marquez Valdez Scantling is probably just you know not that dissimilar. So I would play I would play the Lazard over Jarvis Landry if I was going for ceiling. Okay. All right, then in the next game, Indianapolis at Arizona, here's the easy question for Indianapolis, and I already know my statement. Michael Pittman's already back inside my top 20 because I only cared about last week's matchup, and he got booted out of the game in a bad matchup, but he's right back. Like, Are you – some people out there are like, ooh, do I bench him? after? We're going right back to Michael Pittman, right? Like this, yeah, Am I crazy? Yeah, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> well, we just saw Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown ball out against these guys. Yeah, that I, I would complete concurrence with you on the matchup being the issue. Michael Pittman's done enough this year to have my trust in a matchup that's not, you know, a completely on the on the far end of being daunting. So, and I don't think that's it. I, who knows what Arizona team's going to show up, and and I'm sure they're going to have some fight him after a horrible game last week. But I, I still don't see this as as daunting a matchup as New England was. Okay, so then real quick on the Indianapolis side, I was going to move on them, for, but I want to sidebar for the COVID situation. Real, ooh, I said last year, we talked about it on the shows last year. I said hold over the rule for this year, not expecting it to be this form of the rule, but last year we had the, it was different. Last year, you remember, it was like Thursday. He might be on COVID by Sunday. Like last year, it was like we had to wait days to find out. This right. year, we might wake up the morning of and it might be you got put on COVID. We just saw that happen this past week and the week before. So I said, hold over the, if you implemented the contingency plan rule, and this is where I'm going with it. So it's the, hey, Travis Kelsey is on COVID. 
if he doesn't get cleared by 4 p.m., I'm putting in C.J. Uzma. But if Kelsey plays, Kelsey plays. Whether or not even if Uzma scores 20 and Kelsey only scores five, you still get Kelsey because that was your statement. You're making the contingency plan. So I'm saying that to set up this. If you don't have that, how far down your rankings would you have to go to put in Hines to get guaranteed points at running back this week, Brandon? Like, if it's Hines versus, you know, David Montgomery, I, I think you probably still wait, don't you? But if it's Hines versus Tony Pollard, do you wait? Like, that's that's kind of the conundrum we're dealing with right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's more like, I mean, can you have other options further down the road where, like, is Corey Clement or somebody like that? suddenly that's that's maybe as it makes it willing to wait as compared to Naheem Hines plugging him in right now. So, um, yeah, I would look at all my contingencies. It's very much contextual based for an answer. It's like you have to know what you could also pivot to if not Tony Pollard and you surpass this game without putting somebody into your lineup. So um, Naheem Hines, I, I don't really want to go into my – into my fantasy semifinals <laughs> with Naheem Hines, I'd try to try to strive for better. You might as well at this point. I I, I kind of feel like you might as well give yourself your best chance to win the game at this point. You made it this far. Okay, so let's talk about Arizona because Arizona is the more murky of the two teams. Easy answer is if there's no James Conner, Chase Edmonds, he's a lock in your lineup. Chase Edmonds is probably in your lineup no matter what. Yeah. Well, how are you ranking those guys? Because I actually am ranking Chase Edmonds higher. I, I'm already kind of I'm already <laughs> making the assumption that James Conner he has to practice today because today's like a Friday, a normal Friday, right? Um, since it's a Saturday game. And so I have them super close. Thursday I have morning. Chase Edmonds high twenty or James Conner high twenties, Chase Edmonds low twenties. So they're super yeah. close, but it's mostly because down to if it's the touchdown. same 50-50 split. Yeah. <laughs> who's the, who's touchdown. the person that's going to get the touchdown? You said it for weeks. James Conner yeah. was your guy for like the entire year. Yeah. Well, even if James Conner's at like 35, you know, 35% and Chase Evans is 65, it still could be James Conner getting the touchdown, exiting early, and he ends up being just as good as Chase Evans anyway. So, um, exactly. So, yeah, I have him ranked pretty close together. I am hedging a little bit in the Edmonds direction, a kind of feeling like he might end up like like Connor may not end up playing. But that that's just complete guesswork. No, that's the easy one. So let's talk about the wide receivers. And then I have an interesting maybe question you might not expect. So first at wide receiver coming off, eh, not what we wanted from A.J. Green with no DeAndre Hopkins, but are A.J. Green and Christian Kirk a lock in all lineups for you? And then with no potential Rondell Moore, do you even care about a third, or is it just those two? Move on. I think it's just those two, and okay. and then then move on. Um, but you're yeah, still Ron- rolling out AJ Green off a, off a quietish game. I am, but I'm 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 now suddenly you know it's kind of like uh, I, my eyes have suddenly turned to Christian Kirk as being kind of like the lead guy of this guy. group, and, and AJ Green being last week it was it was flip flopped. I'm now just kind of Kirk seems like he's been more consistent over the course of the year, and uh, I'm kind of leaning. Yeah, we're finally getting it. the Christian Kirk breakout. So all right, yeah. here's the question that you might not expect: How far down do you have to go at quarterback? to bench Kyler Murray. So you said, and I've mentioned it a bunch of times, you said at the beginning of this year, you didn't have Kyler Murray as high because you didn't think he was going to run. He said he wasn't going to run. I tweeted out this stat earlier this week uh, because I was texting with Emery and we were talking about the thing that spurred it was that we were talking about that Russell Wilson doesn't like to run this year and he's taking away part of his own game. And I said, you know, what's funny is Kyler Murray is doing the same thing we keep talking about on the show. And I pulled this up. 
you might not know this, Funston. It is a stark contrast. So attempts per game down from 8.3 to 6.4, almost two fewer rushing attempts per game. His rushing yards, 51 to 24, because also the yards per carry, 6.2 to 3.9. All of that is coming out to over two fewer points per game, not surprisingly. So now I set up again the question for you, how far down with Murray's passing play being subpar of late as well do you have to go before you bench Kyler Murray? So you're talking COVID again, or what are you talking here? Like I'm just I talking mean, about period. You have Kyler Murray and somebody oh, you, else. Would you start I, I Taysom okay. Hill? Would you start Kirk Cousins? Would you start? Well, I'll tell you, Justin I have him ranked. Fields? <laughs> I actually have him ranked eighth right now. So, okay. um, so that's like I have Matt Stafford ahead of him. I have Jalen Hurts ahead of him. I have Tom Brady ahead of him. I have Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. And right now I have Josh Allen as well. So um, those are some of the guys. And, I, you know, he's right in front of guys like Taysom Hill, um, Dak Prescott. That would be a tough one. But who's carrying Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray? I mean, I know there's a few, <laughs> but it's, it's a corner case at, at best. Um, so, yeah, I think of the, of the potential guys that you might have both, like you could have Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. I would go Jalen Hurts. I think that's, that's kind of the one guy. That's an easy one. Yeah. So – but, but that all the other the ones one. are like guys where you're like Josh So Allen. to be clear, because people are asking, so you're not doing Cousins, Fields, Garoppolo. You wouldn't, you wouldn't no, go that far. No, and, and I don't think you are either, are you? No, no. But, you know, these are the questions we get. That's why, you know, we're covering for yeah. the people listening. I, I I know you're aggressive on Kyler this week. I, I, I look at your rankings as well. <laughs> so I know that. I, I know I'm lower on Kyler than you are. I'm but, honestly yeah. the biggest one. I'm coming. Not that anybody has to make this decision. I'm hemming a horn on like who would I rather? If I had the option, nobody has this option. But if I had the option of Tom Brady versus Kyler Murray, who would I start? That's the one I'm going back and forth on because that one seems like tough. I know I'm buying into the whole scorched earth narrative for Tom Brady that when he when something like that happens, he comes back just pissed off and <laughs> just. And, and I'm not throwing Ronald Jones anyway. Screw you guys! I'm yeah. gonna put up 504 touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> we'll, Waving we'll off the, the play from wait. the sideline and calling another pass. That's a one o'clock game, right? All right, we're not going straight north. That's a one o'clock game. Let's talk Tampa Bay. So. The, this is another one. If Mike Evans plays, you're playing Mike Evans, you're playing Antonio Brown, you're playing Rob Gronkowski, you're playing Tom Brady, blah, 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 blah. The easy answer, too, is you're just playing Ronald Jones. It doesn't matter yeah. if you rank Ronald Jones 9 or 15 or 18 or 2. You're, if you picked up Ronald Jones, you're starting him. So here's the question now. If there's no Mike Evans, do you have interest in Brashad Perriman coming off COVID or Tyler Johnson, who's been playing without Tyler, you know, but this. Before this point, Perriman was in front of Tyler. Like, this is the murky situation here. It's like, who is the wide receiver to, quote unquote? Yeah, I don't know if I would try to play the game and then go with that. I, I would just, I mean, I again, this comes down to who your options are going to be. But I have a feeling that that could Cameron just, <laughs> yeah, that could just be completely random after Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Um and I just don't know if I want to try to play the the guessing game with that. I mean, I would be interested in Perry. But you mentioned, you know, how guys are coming off the COVID have have not really kind of came back at a hundred percent. And it just it's a good Carolina defense as well. We can't forget that. So uh, Brady might find that he's working things with Antonio Brown. I, I have Antonio Brown ranked super aggressively, like. You know, because he's a guy that can get open and pretty much all day long. And I think Brady's going to be willing to throw him the ball all day long. So 
Um, and so those other guys just might be fighting for a small piece of pie. Yeah, I have Antonio Brown at 15 with Mike Evans in my rankings. So Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm number six or seven without Mike Evans. I'm kind of playing it as Mike Evans not being there. But again, that's... So so you're benching Stefan Diggs if your choice is Stefan Diggs versus Antonio Brown. <laughs> it's, it's a coin flip. I don't know. A lot of these things take care of themselves. I don't know if someone's really going to have to be pushed into that decision. Oh, nobody has to make that decision, but I just want to What put about it out there. if just... Mike Evans isn't playing? What are you doing? I would probably stop at 11. I have Chase at 10, Higgins at 11. I'd split that I'd split them apart and sandwich him right in between. I I love the Bengals against well, we'll talk about it. Oh, hold on a second. We'll get to that game in a second. We have to finish the other side of this. Carolina. Actually, here's my question for you. <laughs> what do you want to talk about Carolina? There's... That's that's my point. Do you start anybody DJ Moore included? Do you start anybody in this game? I know. Um DJ prob- Moore's been for hold on. I not to cut you off, but DJ Moore yeah. for everybody out there has been a wide receiver three. He's banged up. Cam Newton's starting, but they've already opened the door that Sam Darnold might come in and play this game. We obviously don't trust Robbie Anderson. The backfield is Abdullah in passing games, which should be Abdullah, but really you have to be kind of desperate to start Abdullah. So I go back to that's why I asked the question for everybody out there that might understand what we're laughing at is that do you even start anybody for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, he's like DJ Moore is now like a middle class version of Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, and so, <laughs> like, they almost swapped in my rankings this week because I've got Amon Ross St. Brown in my top 20, where I usually have DJ Moore. And DJ Moore is a wide receiver three for me. So, I look, DJ Moore does have double digit volume each of the last three games. And that's going to win the day as far as probably end up finding a way to rationalize him into my flex spot. I think given the volume, no matter who the quarterback's been, he's been the guy that's been leading in targets consistently. Can we say we actually hope Sam Darnold's at quarterback? Yes. Yes, we can say that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure there's some super flex people that are saying no because Cam Newton I can get down with as as your second quarterback in in a super flex league, but good Lord, I would not want to be leaning on him entirely as my quarterback in in a fantasy semifinal. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, then on the other side of that situation or similar situation, I should say, is we're hoping you mentioned Amon Ryan State Brown. So thank you for the transition. We're hoping Jared Goff is at quarterback because if there is no Jared Goff, you are not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Fuss, I'm going to assume you're dropping St. Brown about 15, 20 spots. Tons. I would have I would really have a hard time talking myself into playing those guys. It's going so, to be such a stark difference. So this is what because Swift is practicing. 
I think this is a little no. surprising, mostly because I thought they would just kind of like not push it. Maybe week 18, just to say like, yeah, I'll get him a few snaps for the end of the season. But it sounds like he's coming back. Jamal Williams is coming back, which Craig Reynolds' fun is immediately out the window. That was a lot of fun for two weeks, at least. Although I don't know anybody got to enjoy it outside of maybe one game. So... DeAndre Swift, here's what I say. I know we have to start him as the lead option. He's probably in flex consideration with the ceiling to be an RB1. The, you know, that's why flex consideration. But if it's Tim Boyle, is do you even start Swift? Like, Yeah. We- <laughs> I mean, if Swift is out there, again, it's like DJ Moore. And it's like... You kind of have to. You kind of have to. And you're probably talking yourself into putting him into your flex because it's a nice kind of upside in your flex. And Well, then let me know, give you an either or. Okay. DeAndre oh, between the two? No, but yeah, I'm going to give you a choice between two. DeAndre Swift with Tim Boyle at quarterback or Deontay Foreman? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I know it's Deontay Foreman, who, although that's, I mean, I think the nice thing here is you get to play bird in hand and go with the guy who's playing on Thursday night, and you know it's a good option. And if it's close enough, and this is what we've been saying the last couple of weeks, if you have two options that are arguable, Go with the guy that, that comes up first on the schedule <laughs> yes. that you know is going to be in there. So, yeah. Well, I you know I'm what going- a lot of people are going to say? A lot of people are going to be like, I did that with Taysom Hill, and then I missed out on Jalen Hurts. And I was like, yeah, I know that sucks. Trust me. I did it in a league yeah, myself. Yeah, it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect, but, you know, you're going to at least save. You're going to have the, the, the safety. The safety is going to be on, at least, and you're not going to get screwed completely. Although you kind of so, did in that game. That was an anomaly. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was, uh, so, Atlanta side of it, do you bench Cordero Patterson? You know, you read my, I don't, it's like for everybody out there. He knows that I have him as my, you might want to actually start him because I think yeah. people are considering benching him the, the way he's been used. So Funston, before reading my article, like what was your feeling? Is this just purely you're facing the lineup and it's facing or facing the Lions and you're going to put him in your lineup? And if it wasn't for that, you would consider benching Cordero Patterson? Yeah, it's mostly line, the Lions. And it's also partly me creating a narrative where I'm Arthur Arthur Smith, and I'm like, what was the point of limiting Cordell Patterson? How'd that work for us? We'd have nobody else that can do anything. Why are we doing this? Are we? He's not our our hybrid running back, wide receiver of the future. He's a guy that we got really lucky on. We got the we won the lottery for getting this guy for practically nothing, and he's our leading guy. Why are we? What are we saving him for? So like. <laughs> I, I talk myself into thinking that's going to pop up and they're going to be like, yeah, let's just go back to business as usual with Cordero Patterson. Yeah, breaking news as we're doing this. Mike Evans sideline again for practice. As of, there you go. Not good. A, yeah, that's a bad, bad start. So Baltimore, Cincinnati. I kind of already teased this a little bit. I am all over Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. If you somehow advanced and you're pissed off about Higgins and Chase, don't be. Put them right back in your lineup. You destroy the Ravens in the past before they were down to their 700th option at corner. But here's the question for the Cincinnati side of it. Joe Mixon's coming off a banged up game. He's already practicing, which kudos to Joe Mixon. I mean, I honestly thought, I didn't think he was coming back in that game, let alone what could potentially happen for this week. But the one good thing about the Ravens' defense is it's still very strong against the run. Joe Mixon has been struggling of late. Joe Mixon had been seeing 20-plus touches every game, so he's banged up two. P. Ryan's getting more involved. I know you probably don't bench Joe Mixon versus the options you have, but if you happen to pick up Jeff Wilson, if you happen to have uh, Chase Edmonds, if you happen to pick up De- – hey, here's the big one. Here, I'll give you a perfect one. Devin Singletary or Joe Mixon? 
Uh, I'm probably going to go Joe Mixon. And okay. one thing I'll say is, is what about your boy did... Penny? Oh man, I, I I'm going <laughs> Joe Mixon. If Joe okay. Mixon is the starting running back, I'm going to go Joe Mixon. We can we can feel good that it was Samaje Piran who ran against the Ravens last time, and he's a little bit different yes. runner, but he had success. And I just wonder because Joe Burrow, and if they have as much success as we're hoping and thinking they will in the past, it's going to open things up and create some opportunities for the running back. So, um, so if we think this Cincinnati's offense is just going to be generally good, but it's going to be mostly passing, there might still be touchdown opportunities, goal to go situations that could favor Joe Mixon and also just getting the Ravens to kind of like spread out on defense and open up some lanes. It might not be a run heavy game, but like Samaj P run last time, it was like 11 for 50 or something like that. And I think he got into the end zone. So it could be something similar. Okay. On Baltimore side, is this simple cut and paste? It's hey, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, and then Bateman's only relevant if Lamar Jackson's starting. If Lamar Jackson's not starting, we don't care. Yeah, and I think the only thing we're wondering is like if it's not Lamar Jackson, it's not that far back that you're ranking Huntley, I don't think. I mean, he's going to probably be I think I'm I'm like right around quarterback ten eleven on Lamar Jackson. I'm going to be no worse than like quarterback 15 on Tyler Huntley. So we've seen him in, you know, not exactly the upside of Lamar Jackson on the ground, but he is still very dangerous with his feet. That's something you can almost bank on being a part of it. All right. For the next game, Rams at Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings are very easy. There's nothing to discuss there. (laughs) Thielen is back. You start Thielen. Thielen's not back. You maybe start Osborne and everybody knows what to do there. The Rams, look, you're going back to Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, depending on your options. The only question we have for the Rams side and actually this game as a whole, what are we doing with Michelle and Henderson? Did that first game back at Henderson, this is the Gaskin situation and we think it might be back to Henderson as the lead, maybe 50-50, or is this legitimately, it was 85% 85% Sony Michelle. Like, do you think that carries over? I think some of it does. Uh, they might work Henderson in more, but I think Sony Michelle is in the uh, number one chair right now. And he's, he looked really good. He, you know, getting yards after contact, picking up big plays. I think he just there. I think he's really developed some faith with the coaching staff in him. Um, and they, they talk him up and I think it was pretty telling that he got 85% when they were saying that they were just going to ride the hot hand. They weren't saying that they were going to ease Anderson in. They talked going in about riding the hot hand. And Sonny Michelle stepped up, got the hot hand, and they kept going with it. And I think that has to carry over. So, um, so yeah, right now I'm ranking Michelle as a, as a back-end RB2. And Daryl Henderson's kind of like right there in the middle of my RB3. It's RB3 like RB3. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's I'm certainly at. fair. So next game being the Bills and the Patriots is a very tough matchup for the Bills. Might be very run heavy on both sides of it. So the question I have to you, after what we just saw with Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders sounds like he might return, but there's no Cole Beasley. It's still a tough matchup. Do you put Gabriel Davis out there as a wide receiver three, or is he down further than that even after what we just saw? Yeah, I don't know. He's always had a knack for finding the end zone. I, you know, he's not always been the big yards guy. He's kind of been more he's there, like Tyler Lockett. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, and Josh Allen likes to take his shots. It's just the defense, you know, is is so tough. New England's just such a strong defense that I I, I have I have Gabe Davis ranked. Uh, I have to look, but I think I have him right around that that wide receiver 40 range a couple spots before or after so uh, i'm not banking on him i'm banking him as more as a wide receiver four that with some upside 
in the you know you that could t- end up being a flex worthy play given your roster but like I don't know if I'm looking to double down on what we saw last week from him speaking of doubling down <laughs> doubling down in the backfield of the Patriots as this is the only because we know the scenario no Harris Stevenson out there you play Stevenson even coming off a uh, game script he got game scripted we talked about that on Monday on the flip side there's no Stevenson Harris you're playing Harris here's the question is if they're both out there do you just play both at this point? Is this just the the lesser version of the I, Broncos? I guess, but I, I I just have come to the conclusion after watching both these guys all year that I am just a lot more comfortable with Damian Harris being the guy. And even so when am it, I. I'm surprised at the people that like Stevenson. Yeah, no. I every time more. I watch Harris, it seems like he is. I mean, his motor runs high. He gets yak. He's. They seem like they want to lead with him. Even games where he's been was kind of hobbled and you weren't really sure. You go out and watch him. He looked great. You know, and I just think he feels like the lead guy. I feel like Bill Belichick feels like he's the lead guy. He was a touchdown machine week in and week out when he was playing. So um, I'm going to rank Damian Harris as the lead guy. And I would be, you know, it's it's going to be a tough situation whether I decide to put in Ramondre Stevenson, you know. It's, uh, he's <laughs> again, he'd be an RB3 in that, in that class with Daryl Henderson. I mean, that would be like, you know, um, so that's kind of where I'd be at with him. Okay, so Jaguars, Jets. I mean, we're starting James Robinson. Probably, if you're in the playoffs, you're not having to start any Jaguars wide receiver. On the Jets side of things, you probably don't have to start any Jets wide receiver. But the question might be, after what you saw, Michael Carter's first game back, the split. Though the matchup is enticing, Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, do either of them make it into your lineup if you're still alive? Like, I think I'm playing Michael Carter over Henderson and Stevenson, but I'm not playing him over um, Michelle or, or Damian Harris, if that makes <laughs> okay. sense. It kind of falls So he's in that. behind the top half of the splits, but in front of the back half of the splits. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of where I'm at with him. I, I do like the matchup. I can kind of talk about, oh, okay, that was his first game back. You know, we saw that he's obviously their running back of the future. They're in running back of the future time of the schedule. Like, you know, they probably going to try to get him some more run in this game and so i'll talk myself into that but that's you know i can't i can't get quite to the rb2 um level with him so the giants and the eagles this one there's not really a lot to talk into because you're starting everybody barkley sanders goddard Devonta smith hurts you're start so the only one you might talk yourself into fuss and you might be expecting this if it is jake Fromm and not mike lennon and Kadarius tony is back because there is no Sterling Shepard, would you talk yourself into starting Kadarius Tony, or are you just don't even don't even get that cute? Yeah, I think don't get that cute because you're you're talking about a bottom three offense. That's you know that's been large that's been largely with Daniel Jones contributing to that. You know, so even with their number one quarterback, they're still a bad offense, really bad offense. And we haven't seen Kadarius Tony in forever. Kind of along the lines of like. AJ Brown I hate the idea of a guy coming back after such a long layoff and you have to and you start talking yourself into playing the guy you know um there's just so much we wouldn't know about this game with Kadarius Tony coming in his his chemistry with Jake Fromm it's not a good offensive environment anyways I'm talking myself out of that if I possibly can Okay. Well, then, or are you talking yourself into starting Justin Jackson if there is no Austin Eckler or are you worried we're going to face 2020 all over again and it's going to be Jackson and Kelly and whoever they decide to potentially even activate in this game? Well, I would Larry talk Roundtree. myself. Into, I would talk myself into Justin Jackson pretty strongly. And it's it's because, RB2 strongly? Yeah. Yeah, I would be I would be probably 
about RB16 or so on him. Damian Harris or Justin Jackson? I think I would go Justin Jackson. It's because of the matchup. It's because of the fact that I don't think... Mm, Jeff Wilson or Justin Jackson? We're going to get Debo back there. and Jeff Wilson is Latavius Murray now, although he was better than Latavius Murray, but he is in that 60 yards and touchdown, or 60 yards and no touchdown. This goes back to before. Would you start Jeff Wilson not knowing that Austin Eckler might clear for Sunday instead of trying to wait for Justin Jackson? <laughs> um, so, well, you're going to get if you you're talking basically what you're saying is you either have you have Eckler, Jackson and Wilson. I would what let it ride. What if you don't I would let it Eckler. ride? Oh, well, then I, I, I would go Wilson. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's what kinda... I'm saying. Some people have Jackson without Eckler. And then yeah. if you have Eckler play, then obviously Jackson's volume goes out the window. So Yeah, this goes back to the foreman and whatever. All right, then here, last one before we move to the next game. Justin Jackson or Saquon Barkley with no Austin Austin Eckler? Justin Jackson. Wow. Week 16, I mean, they're going to run 30 times against Houston. That's just the way it goes. And, you know, even if... Even if you get Josh uh, Josh Kelly or even Larry Roundtree in the mix, I feel good that Jackson's getting at least half of those. At least 15 of those 30 carries are going to Justin Jackson. At least. Plus some least. passing game work. Yeah. All right. The one question. I'm re- are you ready to throw out this cliche? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at you, Funston. Brandon Cooks <laughs> is on COVID. Let's yes. say Brandon Cooks doesn't play. Who else are they going to throw it to? I you don't see it, but I see Funston shaking his head no because yeah, I was about to I'm say, doing the the Nico Collins. <laughs> yeah, you ever see Bull Durham where where Nuke Lelouch leans in, doesn't like the off, call, shake shaking off, shake off the it. side. No, 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 no. Yeah. So you're not, not you're not doing anything with the Houston offense. Period. Period. No, you don't. That's that seems like something that you'd just be mumbling about in January. I can't believe I effing chose to lean on a Nico text yeah, <laughs> yes in my in my semifinal and here i am with nothing to show for it can danny yeah. amendola come back watch it be danny amendola <laughs> with like a 11 catch 87 yards and no touchdown type of game tis the season for sure duke johnson it's duke johnson season so it yeah it can be danny amendola season too all right so let's get out of here and talk the 4 p.m games let's start off with your seahawks hosting the Bears. So I go back to this. I'm going to phrase it a little bit differently. We're back to Justin Fields. But here's the question for you, Faustin. If your team happens to have Russell Wilson and Justin Fields, which one do you start? I go Russell Wilson. I think, okay. uh, yeah, I, I actually feel pretty confident about that. You want it's some recently of- bias fun? During well, the, I know. The, no, during the Seahawks game, I tweeted out if you were starting or if you had a franchise right now, who do you want as your quarterback, Fields or Wilson? And it was only 59% Wilson. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, there's some baggage that comes with Russell Wilson. So <laughs> Still, but it's the recency bias of watching that game and just, yeah. yeah. It, look, it, when, when he goes up against the Rams, surviving is a win for, for Russell Wilson. <laughs> so you remember, that was the game he got knocked out earlier in the year, and it's a game where he got one of his most major injuries of his career, which didn't knock him out, but he had to play for most of the season with like a bad knee because of Aaron Donald a couple of years ago. So it, it's always a struggle with the Rams. Um, Is Penny an RB2 for you? <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, I to know. be honest, look, for everybody out there that might not – look, 
I forgive you if you didn't watch that game. Also, if you didn't have DirecTV, you couldn't watch the game anyway. But yeah. And actually, if you were on DirecTV channel, you had to switch to 701 to watch the box-by-box box side because around, what was it, like 10 or 9-something, they changed it and said, your purchase is past the time, and everybody's freaking out <laughs> because nobody can watch the game anymore. Anyway, that aside, Penny had about 80% of the work when he wasn't in the locker room. He actually, the DJ right. Dallas, the majority of DJ Dallas's touches and the touchdown came while he was getting chiropractic work in the locker room. So that's why I said, is Penny an RB2? Like, because if it's not an injury, right. he's an RB2, right? Yeah, right? he's close. I, 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 I'm going to, I'm having some DJ Dallas kind of love creeping into my mind that maybe they'll, they'll even <laughs> let him. Alex get Collins going to play? <laughs> no, I, I think they're done with Alex Collins. I'd be surprised if he, if he plays much again this year. But I think they're going to explore this combination of Penny and Dallas, and maybe there's a little bit more work there. But I think Penny at worst is, is probably like the number one or number two RB three if he's not an RB two. Okay. Bear side, don't really. It's look, Montgomery, your pit, yeah. it feels if you have the quarterback, Mooney, potentially Komet, and actually at a great spot if you need a flyer at tight end, Komet uh, coming off yeah. that game as well, but against Seattle. So let's talk Pittsburgh and Kansas City. How far down is Claypool in your rankings? Because I think a lot of people, deservedly so, should consider. And I actually, I was going to say could. I said should specifically because I would consider strongly benching Chase Claypool. Yeah, he's not in my top 30, which is, I think, maybe the first time this year that he's been healthy that I haven't had him in my top 30s. He's a, my, right now, he's my last wide receiver three. So so he's all <laughs> snapped by Ray Ray, two weeks. Yeah. Routes, and, everything. It's the toe, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the toe is bigger than they're making it. What does he have? Before. One touchdown after an 11 touchdown rookie season or something like that? Yeah. It's the big insane. plays aren't there. The toe's bothering him. I think there's a lot more to it. So on the Kansas City side of things, maybe <laughs> no Hill. Maybe no Kelsey. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is in a great spot, even better spot if either one of those are out. But let's say both of them are. You know, we're not going. We're not chasing the tight ends for Kansas City. But how strong of a play would Miko Harmon be for you if there is no Tyreek Hill? Honestly, think that both Pringle and Hardman would be someone that would be interesting. Which would you go? Me. Would you go Pringle or Hardman? I actually think I would go Pringle. Okay. I feel like I feel like he could be the guy that ends up with the most volume. Where Mikael Hardman could still make the big play, um, but I don't think I don't see Mikael Hardman being someone that could take on the Tyree Kills usual dozen targets, you know. Um, but I, I I do think that they would take some take some shots with him like they do with Tyree Kill. I just feel yeah, like that's because the, he, he's Dollar Tree Tyree Kill. That's why. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, and I think Pringle could be a compiler, and he could be the guy that could get to ten. 10, 11 targets and actually put up like the 75, 80 yards and, and be a nice serviceable play. Okay. Denver at Vegas. Does Drew Locke being at quarterback change anything about the pass catchers? Because for weeks we've been saying don't even start any of them. Yeah, Does this I mean, change anything for you? There is some. I mean, I'm sure you can go look in the past with Drew Locke. I know that there's been some decency between Locke and Sutton in the past, but it's just I think this passing offense is so broke, and there like there's been there's been no carrots to be chasing for those wide receivers. I don't even know how hard they're even <laughs> going through their routes anymore, even expecting it's been all Javante and, and Melvin Gordon. It's kind of working for them, um, you know. It's getting around the bad quarterback play and. I don't, I, I just, I don't, it's again, how can you at this point, after just writing these guys <laughs> off for so long, decide that this is a you week go you're going, to them? yeah, I don't think you can. You got to go. If with you me. need a tight end play, do you agree with me that 
Okuwe Bunam might be the sneaky play. And that has nothing to do with the, hey, played in college together and they're best buds and eat cereal at the table. I don't know about that part, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that could be what? That could be a Travis Kelsey pivot or, you know, someone like that where if he's not going to play. Um, I, I don't. He's got I don't better th- numbers than Fant. Well, the, the, the numbers are almost identical, but he's got a touchdown versus Fant having zero touchdowns of late yeah, since he's I, come I'm back. I'm pretty sure the Raiders have been a fairly generous tight end. Uh, they have defense. been very generous. Yeah. Yeah. They used to be. I mean, back when Jack Del Rio was there, that was where you just automatically looked to start the week. Is who? Which Remember that one year it was just start every rando against Arizona. Arizona, Arizona, <laughs> and the Raiders and the Chargers. I think historically in our lifetime have been the worst at at guarding the tight end position. Uh, yeah, and this year that's been the Chargers again. But Seattle, Houston has been a really yeah. good watch. Jared Cook's going to put up two touchdowns this week now that Donald <laughs> Parham's still hurt with that. God, so happy he's out of the hospital. Yeah. Good grief. That was that was probably one of the scariest ones I think oh, I've ever no seen. Doubt. On the Vegas side, sticking with them real quick, Darren Waller isn't practicing yet. Foster Moreau could be a pivot, a late play. Uh, people dropped him thinking Waller was coming back. Uh, had a good game last week. But on the Vegas side, is this just Josh Jacobs and then whoever the tight end is? Like, we're not – are we done? Or – Here's my interesting thing is I'm going right back to Renfro because that's where you destroy the Denver <laughs> yeah. secondary because you don't throw outside against the Denver secondary. Yeah, I was going to say, you got you to throw Hunter Renfro's name out here. Because, okay, I just want to make yeah. sure for clarification. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, recency bias. A lot of people are pissed off if they squeak through and they see Renfro's box. Look, I have people that don't want to start Deontay Johnson. They don't want to start Jamar Chase. They don't want to start T. Hick. Like people, inexperienced people get mad and they don't want to go back to these guys. Well, I mean, it's been. I mean, since Waller's been out, like it didn't. It didn't take long, and we were like, okay, volume and production warrants that we have to get him inside our top twenty every week. And then now, all of a sudden, finally, he had a bad game. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think you ignore what else has happened before that. You mentioned how the slot, you know, is where you can hurt the Denver defense there. Um, you know, he's kind of he he was the first Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown's doing what Hunter Renfro did. Out in the middle of the season, and suddenly we had to change our view on the guy, you know. So if Amon Ross St. Brown goes out and throws up a dud, I'm not going to completely just relegate <laughs> him back to wide receiver four status, you know. Especially if it's Tim Boyle, I mean, we kind of expect right, that. exactly. The last game well, we'll talk about Monday Night Football on Monday. So the last game for the show. Oh no, we have two more. We got to talk Thursday real quick before we get yeah. out of here. So Washington at Dallas, although Washington's pretty simple, too. It's McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. Heineke is going to be back, so if you need a streamer and you're desperate, but that's kind of a more of a desperate streaming type of situation. Hey, maybe if you're banking on Cam Newton, you go Tyler Heineke. On Dallas side of it, Zeke Pollard. So the only question I have on the Dallas side of it is CeeDee Lamb. We know that is, are you benching Amari Cooper at this point? Well, he is down. I think I have him at wide receiver. I just was looking right before the show. I, I moved him to wide receiver 28. So oh, he's, so he's still in front of Claypool, barely. He's still in, he's still in front here's, of Claypool. Here's one I'll present to you. I tweeted this out, and a lot of people agreed with me, and I think I have this decision, and that's not why I was asking. It's just I think it's intriguing. If Jared Goff plays, Amara St. Brown bench Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where we're at. That one's really not even that close. And we talked about this on Monday. Would you go with the name brand? Because Beller was pushing back. And then we were both kind of like, look, you got to you gotta just take away the, the name. You're not here because of Cooper. Cooper's not the reason you're in the playoffs. No, no exactly. Do, so, Do you know or, that since week, is it 10 or 12, 
I know it's even though it's, I think it's week 12 because I think it was a little bit more recent than that DK Metcalf and Amari Cooper both only have one double digit score since then. Well, I know on the DK side, it's very close <laughs> to me. So yes. I, I know that. And, and I'm not shocked on, at Amari because, you know, I watch How about a that lot one? of Dallas. Would you start DK or Amari Cooper if you had that choice? I would go DK. Um, and just yeah, Chicago. Would, just because <laughs> it's home. Chicago, although Washington secondary is, 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 is beatable as well. So, um, But Dak is, I mean, at this point, Dak or, Dak or Russ, if you had that decision. I'm going Dak because there's just better playmakers. Barely, barely yeah. though. I mean, that's yeah, where we're no, at. I, I think I'm nine and eleven on those two in the rankings this week. So, <laughs> so before we get out of here, Thursday night football. If you're tuning in this far, if not, we'll see you on Monday. And you're just checking out because you listened on Friday. You're like, I don't care about right. Thursday night football. We love you. Subscribe, rate, do all that stuff for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. But 49ers at Tennessee. The situation for the 49ers, Wilson, you're starting a uke, Kittle, like 49ers are done. Like we don't even need to discuss the 49ers. They're essentially the Vikings. The question is, you alluded to it early. Actually, you stopped on it for a second, but I kind of, I'm glad you moved on because I wanted to save it for this game. AJ Brown is back. AJ Brown had a chest injury. This was, there's conflicting reports out there, Fonson. That's the interesting thing here is there's some that are saying they put him on IR to make sure he got healthy. And then there's some that are saying he's coming back as his early possible date. Which is like, okay, well, which is it? Is this is this enough time that he's okay, or is this too early? And now Julio Jones might play all of a sudden out of the blue. So do you even put AJ Brown in your life? I kind of feel like you have to because this feels like the the upside situation of like Joe Mixon. You kind of have to do it, but where do you draw the line of having to start AJ Brown? Well, I'll tell you, in this same game, I would play Brandon Ayuk over AJ Brown. So I have him ranked, uh, funnily, I, I have him ranked back-to-back. And I okay. might be a little bit too low on Ayuk. But um, I have I have, I have have A.J. Brown where I was ranking Julio Jones the last couple of weeks, which was right around wide receiver 30. Here's the thing with A.J. Brown. Let's not forget that when Derrick Henry went out, he had like four or three straight games of like 40 yards and was doing nothing. And I think that just those guys get helped by the threat of Derrick Henry in play action that you're not going to get to the level with Deontay Foreman, even though Deontay Foreman is running, running well. Now, Julio Jones being out there, that can help a little bit because that is also someone that... I just checked. Unless there's a pregame setback, Julio Jones is playing. Okay. It makes me feel better about A.J. Brown. I don't know that I'm moving him, though, in my rankings. I, there's I no way like... you're touching it, Julio Jones, though, right? No way No, no. <laughs> Julio, you're a decoy. Thank you. If you know, if I have to play AJ Brown, I'm happy you're there. But you're just a decoy. Yeah. Where are you at on AJ? Where are you ranking him? Apparently, if, according to everybody who's seen my rankings, that's one of the most common. Of like, why do you have him so low? And I was like, I have him. Where uh, I have AJ Brown at 29. I was like, okay, not yeah. that low. It's he's his first game back. It's San Francisco. It's not. It's not a cakewalk, but it's also not. A, it's it's a middle of the road matchup at this point, but. I don't get it. I don't get the hate for A.J. Brown being at 29. I thought that was pretty fair for his first game back. Well, and I think, you know, look, at at 29, if you have three starting wide receiver spots and a flex spot where, that, where you can get four wide receivers into your lineup, it's pretty hard to really not play A.J. Brown at that point. I mean, you could certainly have three more wide receivers that are ranked higher in your rankings, but for a lot of people, a, a wide receiver 29 is someone that you end up having to play. So Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't feel great about him, but <laughs> you, you can't ignore there's upside there for sure. You definitely can't. And you can't ignore that. Hopefully the help that we were giving you and hopefully 
you enjoy your holidays and your Christmas and your week 16 and you're coming back for next week to talk about your wins and joining us on the podcast. Beller's healthy and everything's good and everybody's happy. And if not, you're just coming to enjoy us and our company. So <laughs> good luck in week 16. Enjoy the holidays. We'll be back on Monday. See you guys later. I don't know why I'm waving. I know. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs>